This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. These are the audio notes of... You know what? This is going to be a very special edition of my audio notes. That's right, what you've been waiting for. It's time to go into the belly of the beast. This week, we're coming to you live from the short-term wing of the Amphitrite. I'm a regular Jonah, and I guess that means I've got to go fix this damn whale. told us that story a long time ago. Anyway, the problem. There was a system that went offline when the earthquake hit last week, but diagnosing the problem has taken an unreasonably long time, mostly because Jack is, uh, incapacitated. He has a method of determining what's broken and why that actually looks a lot like a dichotomous key, but it doesn't make any sense unless you're an Australian ex-marine. And he's too high on morphine at present to be any help fixing anything. I think, and I wasn't paying extremely close attention when this was being discussed because I was trying to man the communications array at the same time. Not my job, but whatever. Anyway, I think that what happened was one of the power cables that keeps the short-term wings in enough power to support life was knocked out of place. Because of that, half the station is running on backup power. As previously noted, we can last on backup power for quite a while, but Phaedra wants us to be back to normal operations. That is to say, hosting people in the short-term wings as soon as possible. How she intends to achieve this with Jack out of commission remains a mystery. There are quite a few other problems to fix, but I'm just here to do my contractually obligated job and look pretty. So while Mona and Phaedra, a.k.a. the only two people on the station who are A. not doped up and B. proficient in driving the ROVs, are going out to push the joint back into place on the outside, I'll be pushing it back in on the inside. I don't know why exactly, but the low power lights are different than the emergency lights. This doesn't make a lot of sense to me, because why have two sets of lighting when you could only make one? But the effect is that the station is currently lit up in blues and greens instead of reds and oranges. Apparently the only time the station is submerged into hell is when we might literally die. So that's good to know, I guess. It looks pretty cool, actually. All the shadows from the piping are crisscrossing, and I can see my own about a million times. So it does kind of look like, well, like moving water. 
Can you tell that I am not loving this course of events? Despite that, though, after having the station's design philosophy explained to me in some amount of detail, using very small words and a couple of comparisons to Legos and Lincoln Logs, I'm actually somewhat less fatalistically terrified than I was a week ago. This minor catastrophe was actually planned for. Things like earthquakes are less devastating when it's expected, and there's a comfort in planning. That's why they're safety protocol. That's also why people write wills. Look, it's been... It's been a rough couple of weeks down here for all of us. Sydney has to fix Jack, which has made them even testier than normal and an absolute joy to work with. And Phaedra has to deal with the station trying its very hardest to fall off the trench wall if at first you don't succeed, etc. Hamish hasn't slept more than four hours at a stretch in all this time, and Mona... Mona... I wish I could... I, I wish I could fix this for her, but once again, there's just nothing I can do to help the people that I... that I care about. To get back to some kind of point, though, being in this deep, dark death pit has made me start thinking Mary, about... before you start ineffectually lecturing your recorder about some pseudo-scientific, philosophical drivel, I want you to hear something. Never take me alive, said he, and his ghost maybe. I have been listening to that for the last I don't care to know how many hours, and I am also listening to you bellyache about your crush. Shut up! And while I can absolutely do both of those things, I cannot do them and hear about Heidegger or Plato or whoever at the same time. I was actually going to talk about Nietzsche in The Void. Even better. Did you really hear all that? Yes. Even the part if about- If you were in my position, Jamie, you would be testy too. Oh my- You get to walk around and move your body, whereas I am stuck here having to constantly monitor this drugged up asshole. So yes, I am a little testy. God! It has been a long few days. Say that again. Wait. Have Phaedra and Mona been able to hear everything I've been saying? I don't know. Did you want your boss and your crush to hear you cast aspersions on their ability to do their jobs? Sydney! They're on the two-way. We're on internal. You're on a separate system. So no, they can't hear you. They can only hear me and I'm on mute. You'll be able to hear Phaedra when you need to fix the joist. Oh, okay. That's... that's good. About Mona, though. I don't think we should really be... Come on, Barry. I'm gonna find out somehow. Why are you bothering to gossip about this? You don't actually like us. Correction. I don't like you. I'm fine with Ramirez, and I'm relentlessly bored. 
What do you want to know? Mostly why she isn't hightailing it back to the surface like the most important person in her life just shuffled off the mortal coil. Oh, wait. He didn't want her to. How does she know he was that? Very specific in his post mortem instructions. Apparently, he'd been in hospice for a while. Jesus, what with? Hepsi. Good lord. Yeah. And all the arrangements... Were made before he died. So Mona could stay down here and continue her work. Goddamn, Javier. From everything I've heard about it, it's clear that he really, really loved her. Yeah. Did you know that 1 in 30 people over the age of 65 have that? That's... quite a number. Yeah. There wasn't really a response to it for the longest time. That sounds a lot like- Do not even get me started on HIV, Barry. Do you have any tips about what to do about this, I mean? Why would I know what to do about this? I don't know, because you're a medical doctor? Supposed to be trained in this kind of thing? I'm a... I'm a medical researcher, not a family medicine practitioner. Good lord, Sydney, it was a simple question. You don't have to get so worked up. I don't understand why you people think that this is something I would know how to do. It's not like my parents are dead. I'm sorry. Would it kill you to show a little bit of empathy? Why don't you do that, Barry? Why don't you think about how you would feel if your parents were dead? If my parents were dead, I'd probably feel relieved. That's the whole problem. If I get started talking about parents, I inevitably start wanting to talk about my parents, and they're just... they're not a subject to comfort people with. Why the hell not? I left home when I was 20, Sydney, and I haven't been back since. Do the math on that one. Wow, Barry. I think in this one area, you might have me beat. Well, thanks for making me feel like a shitty person here, Peterson. It's a genuine pleasure. <sighs> Sorry. I shouldn't have blown up like that. You know, Barry... Have you considered just telling her what you told me? What do you mean? I don't know. Maybe give a reason why you're being a weird, aloof asshole instead of being there when she needs you. Huh. If nothing else, you probably can't mess it up worse. <laughs> I guess that's true. Shh. How long have we been talking? I don't know. About five minutes? Maybe a little more? Crap. Okay, okay. Vernon! Time to wake up! Vernon! Vernon! <coughs> Alright! Once a jolly swag man camped by a billabong under the shade of a Kublava tree. Oh, you he shouldn't have to listen to this. It should be in the Geneva Convention. Strong words. As a matter of interest, why is he singing? Because I have to know he's awake and alive, and if he's singing, he's not talking. Please, stop! Shut up! That's fair.
Did you mean that? That I should tell Mona about all this? I really have no way of answering that question. Maybe I might do it if I were in your situation, but I also might not. I probably wouldn't. I probably wouldn't do anything. But you should probably do something. Yeah, I probably should. This is ROV-1 to comm deck. Over. ROV-2 to the comm deck. Over. You're both coming in loud and clear. Still want me to wreck this shindig? Affirmative, comm deck. Copy. Vernon, I need you to be absolutely silent for right now. Got it? You got it, Doc. ROV-1, are you in position? Affirmative. ROV-2, are you in position? Affirmative. Stand by for further instructions. Alright, Jamie, you should be getting close to the hall with a broken joist. Do you see it? I'm just rounding this corner. Uh, yeah? The thing that looks disturbingly like a swollen head wound? That would be where the joist hit the paneling. Alright, you are going to go and pull that panel off. You should be able to pop it off without too much difficulty. Yeah? Uh... I... Okay, there it goes. I can see the joist that's out of place. And the trench wall. That's not terrifying. Good. Okay. For the electromagnets to come back online properly, the connection on the inside and outside need to be reestablished within seconds of each other. Jamie, you should be able to just push the joist back into place. Do you think you can do that? Yeah, or die trying, I guess. Alright, I'm in position. ROV 1 and 2, do you copy? Affirmative. Copy. On my mark. 3, 2, 1, push. <sighs> okay, it's... Uh, it's in! Go team! Barry's got her engine. How's the outside looking, Captain? We're done. Over. Cool. It looks like the primary power has been restored to Wing 1 and Wing 2. I'm calling this Mission Over. Come back to base. Copy that. See you soon, Sydney. Looking forward to it. Hey, Barry, want a tip? Sure. Come back in through the front hall, not the plant. There's a window in it, something to see. I... I will. Thanks, Sydney. Later, Barry. That was odd, but I'm not going to look a gift asshole in the mouth. My parents didn't kick me out, for the record. I guess it would probably be easy to assume that. They just made it clear I wasn't welcome at home anymore after I told them I was a lesbian. And then they said they were going to stop paying for my education. So, I got a scholarship and I moved out. Honestly, I think the biggest issue was probably that I started going to a reform temple rather than the family synagogue, but there were a lot of problems. Everything that went down just wasn't something that we could come back from as a family.
Oh, wow. Okay, so I'm looking out this window Sydney told me to go by, and there's just this massive cloud of those bioluminescent nematodes Mona showed me a couple of months ago. Or maybe it's some different ones. I'm not really up on the specifications of nematodes. But it's like they're dancing. They're moving in these swirls like stars caught in a current. It's faint, but it's absolutely lovely. I once saw the Aurora Borealis, but honestly, honestly, this is the most beautiful natural wonder I've ever seen. I wonder if this is how Mona felt as a kid looking at those crabs, or if she feels this way now when she looks at Joe and his brethren. This is just, it's, it's spectacular. I'm going to come look at this again if I can. But right now, I, I have to get back. I have to go see Mona. Who is it? Uh, it's me. Can I come in? I... Yeah. Door's open. Um... Hi? Hey. Hi. I'm sorry I haven't been... No. No, 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 no. It's my... You have your own things, life, to deal with. You don't need to help me through mine. No, I should have been here. I said I would be, and I wasn't. And you shouldn't... Now's the time when you get to be selfish, okay? Everybody needs a little help sometimes, and so you need a little more than usual right now. That's nothing to be ashamed of. Why are you doing this, Jamie? Because you're, because you're my friend, but I'd be doing it even if you weren't, because when people die, you need someone. When, when Caroline died, I had never really connected with Rebecca, my mother-in-law. I mean, we met, obviously, and spent holidays together, but we never really talked. But Caroline died, and she saw that I was just... I was falling apart at the seams. So she just stayed with me. For days, I just sat and did nothing while Rebecca came to our apartment every day and made sure that I ate and slept and just at least walked around for a few minutes. I think it was almost 10 days before I woke up and remembered that I needed to call my rabbi and get Caroline's ashes interred. And Rebecca didn't know me 
really, Caroline and I hadn't been together for long enough for me to love her parents too, but Rebecca stayed with me. So, I can stay as long as you need. I... Thanks. Are you... Uh, have you been... Please don't ask me if I've been okay. <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty stupid question. A little bit. Seriously, though, how are you feeling? I... I don't think it's really hit yet. Today, every day, it just... Yeah, it hits you again like they're gone. Yeah. Do you want to talk about it? Can I ask you a question? Yeah, shoot. Has it gotten better for you? Does it? Ever? It... It eases. It's not as sharp after a while. But it's... You won't notice it all the time eventually, but he's always going to have died. That's just a fact about you that's never going to change. But for me, it dulled into an ache I can manage. Do you want to get out of here? When's the last time you ate? We could go to the kitchen. I actually have to talk to the hospice people over Skype in a few minutes. The fiber optic cable is only just completely back online, and I need to verbally acknowledge that he's... that what happened. I mean, you can do that from my office if you want. It'd certainly be more private than in here. Yeah. Okay. Come on. Here, you can use the couch. Do you want me to be in here while you're talking to, uh, the doctor? Chaplain. I'd like you to be here, but could you maybe put on, put on a pair of headphones or something? Sure. You should just be able to move the terminal over to the couch. Yeah, got it. All right. I'm going to go make some tea and get us something to eat while you get signed in. Again with the tea, doctor? Everything is a little bit better with a hot mug of tea in your hands. And hey, if you don't want any... No. Bring me the tea. I wouldn't want to push anything on you. Bring me the damn tea, Jamie. Well, would you look at that? Smile. What do you want to eat? I'm not hungry, but thanks. Mona. Jamie. When was the last time you ate? I'll bring you one of Phaedra's cliff bars if you want. <laughs> no, I want you to keep your hands. I guess a muffin or something would be nice. Okay, one cup of tea and one muffin. Coming up. I'll be back in just a minute.
Damn, my recorder's still on. Well, I'm not going to be making any more notes right now, and I don't have anything more to say. I'm sure I could come up with something, but for right now, I guess that these have been the audio notes of Dr. Jamie McMillan Barry signing off. Once a jolly swag man camped by a billabong. Under, Under Pressure is a production of the Procyon Podcast Network. This episode was written by Margaret Clark and directed by Margaret Clark and Phoebe Sidis. The role of Jamie McMillan Barry was played by Madison Schaefer. The role of Dr. Sidney Peterson was played by Jory Taylor. The role of Jack Vernon was played by Zach Valenti. The role of Captain Phaedra Aspros was played by Danielle Shamaya. And the role of Dr. Mona Ramirez was played by Thea Rogers. The show is edited by Aaron S. and our music is composed by Dominic Wright. To find out more, please visit underpressurepodcast.com. Or you can find us on Twitter at U underscore P underscore podcast, or on Tumblr at underpressurepodcast.tumblr.com. If you'd like to support us, the show is on Patreon at patreon.com slash underpressure. Please remember to rate and review. Thank you. Waltzing Matilda, waltzing Matilda, you'll come a-waltzing Matilda with me. He sang as he shoved that jumbuck in his tucker bag. You'll come a-waltzing Matilda with me. Up rode the squatter, mounted on his thoroughbred. Up rode the troopers, one, two, three. With the jolly jumbuck you've got. In your tucker bag, you'll come a waltzing Matilda with me. Waltzing Matilda, waltzing Matilda, you'll come a waltzing Matilda with me. With the jolly jumbuck you've got in your tucker bag, you'll come a waltzing, you scoundrel, with me. Up jumped the swag man and sprang into the billabong. You'll never take me alive, said he. And his ghost may be heard as you pass by that billabong. You'll come a-waltzing Matilda with me. Waltzing Matilda, waltzing Matilda, you'll come a-waltzing Matilda with me. And his ghost may be heard as you pass by that billabong, you'll come a-waltzing Matilda with me. Oh, you'll come a-waltzing Matilda with me. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish.